Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing. A way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in. To fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. You guys, I have one of my favorite people on the entire planet here with me today. She is honestly like just this ray of sunshine. And if you don't know her already, I am so excited for you to get to know her today. And you got to listen to the very end because we are announcing a really exciting thing, surprise, that we're doing together. But today I have as my guest with me, Ruthie Lindsay. Hey, Ruthie. Hi, sister. Oh my gosh. I wish you could see my face. I'm just beaming. My smile is so big getting to just share the space with you and to visit with you. It's one of my favorite things. So thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm seriously so, I've been so excited about uh, recording this podcast with you since we talked about it. If you guys follow me or Ruthie on Instagram, you know that we were together. She was at my house a couple weeks ago because we've been working on a really exciting project together and being able to just hang out with you for those days, go to Sedona, experience all of the weird things that we experienced together was just everything. So medicinal. Like it was truly such magic and being with you and Mike and the pups, it was just, uh, it was like food for my soul. And I, I already like, I already knew that our friendship was so precious to me and so special, but I didn't know that I could like fall more in love with you. <laughs> like it was, I, I came home and I was telling my best friends, I'm like, I am in just awe. Like, I don't know. It, it's such a gift to be loved by you and Mike and to be your friends and to learn from you and to do this life with you. It's just such an honor. The feeling is so mutual. And the first time that I actually met Ruthie was when we moved to Nashville. And when I had moved up there, I kept hearing from other people, you need to meet Ruthie when you move up here. You need to meet Ruthie Because both of us had been going through just really hard things in our lives and how both of us were trying to navigate pain and healing was very similar. And so we met up one day at what became one of my favorite taco shops. And uh, Ruthie, you told me something that really impacted me um, because we were fresh out of such a big loss. And Ruthie looked at me and she said, you know, you might not feel it yet, but one day your pain is going to become your privilege and it's going to be something that you're going to be able to use to help a lot of other people. And that moment with you was just so impactful for me. And so it's so exciting now to have seen that come to life and then now have having had such meaningful and impactful conversation since then with you about healing and about the tools that that both of us are using in our lives to heal it's just it feels like this really magical powerful amazing full circle uh, moment that you really helped my mind start grasping onto you know a couple of years ago so thank you and this is just this is just so, this is so fun to be doing this work with you now. For those of you who don't know Ruthie, uh, Ruthie is an amazing um, advocate for healing. She is an amazing speaker. She just released a book this year called There I Am, which I read it uh, during the loss of Jace. And I just, I called her right away and was like, this is the most beautiful gift that you could ever give the world and it has changed me so much. Thank you for writing it. Um, 
So those are, that's just a few of the things that Ruthie does. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know her more today. But Ruthie, I, I really want to start our conversation together today um, by you by you sharing just a little bit of background about your story, about where you've been and now why having our conversation today on healing is so important to you. Yes. Well, first off, thank you. I'm so touched by your words and I'm so humbled. I just can't thank you enough. Um, Yeah. So a little backstory on me is, you know, I grew up and had hard family things just like everyone else and just so many beautiful things. And I, you know, didn't really know how to do emotional work. I wasn't brought up in a family that um, really knew how to process hard things. We kind of stuffed a lot of things under the rug and you just learn how to show up and smile and be pretty and kind. And there was a lot, a lot, a lot of love and, you know, hard things that were kind of pushed down. And but I didn't know. Like, I just thought that was normal, right? You, you don't know until you know. And yeah. I just kind of showed up in the world and I thought everyone's life was just pretty good. And um, I was pretty detached from my emotions. Um, and a, a lot of things kind of came to a head when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I pulled out in front of an ambulance and he actually hit me on my car door going 65 and I broke a bunch of ribs and my lungs collapsed, my spleen ruptured, and I broke the top two vertebrae in my neck, C1 and C2. And um, I, uh, pretty positive, I died in that wreck. And um, it's pretty miraculous that I'm still here. I shouldn't be walking or speaking, you know, and um, C1 and C2, it's pretty serious. It's right there at your brainstem. But um, the ambulance driver knew how to stabilize me and... Um, I, I mean, I'm so very, very lucky to be here and I was in the hospital for about a month and a lot of things happened, but I'll spare you all the details. Basically, um, back then when you did spinal cord surgeries, they took bone from my hip and fused it into my neck. And back then they used wire for spinal cord fusions. And so they wrapped it around my neck to hold the bone in place. And I was, you know, in the hospital about a month. I left there with a big old neck brace and, you know, minus an organ or two and just super lucky to be walking and to be alive and I wore a neck brace for about six months, but really I was so fortunate. Like I went back to school, the wreck happened November 2nd, which was my dad's birthday. And I went back to school after Christmas break and was able to graduate on time Um, cheered at our last basketball game, like was able to just kind of go back to normal life, quote unquote. Like I, I wasn't at all attached to how hard that was. I would talk about it in third person. I was very disassociated, even though I didn't know what that term meant, because, you know, you do that to survive, like a really massive thing had happened. And I had no idea how to process those emotions. And so I just stuffed them down, mostly with food. Um, the thing that I could control, you know, with my body when everything kind of felt pretty out of control. And I um, didn't really have very many physical residual effects at the time. I obviously did emotionally, but I went back to normal life. Like I would say that it was way harder on my family, my friends at the time than it was on me. Like I just felt very detached from the whole thing. And I graduate, moved to Nashville, meet my first boyfriend. We were trying so hard to be quote unquote good Christians. And um, we literally got married 10 months after we met because we felt super guilty about having sex. And bless our sweet little souls. We were very confused (laughs) and just sweet little idiots. I mean, sweet, sweet, earnest little idiots. And, you know, we were just um, wanting to do the what we thought was the right thing and what the church had told us was the right thing, you know. And about a year into our marriage, I this one day I was like walking in front of the store and this crazy gnarling shooting pain went up my head. And it felt like I had been struck by lightning or maybe I'd been shot. Like it was so severe, Ashley. I, yeah, it, it dropped me to my knees. I remember having this black, inky sight. Um, I was so terrified. I didn't know what had happened. 
start going to all these doctors. Um, they start doing all these MRIs and all these films. And every time the film would come back, there'd be this spot on my film. And they'd say, oh, that's just the magnet the machine interacting with the wire from your fusion. Everything around it looks fine. This is probably just some residual effects of your wreck, you know. Um, they started me on therapies, like all these different therapies, and nothing helped one after another. And finally, they just started me on narcotics because I was in such debilitating pain and couldn't function, you know, and I just didn't want to hurt all the time. So I took everything that they recommended to me. And um, that started me down a pretty dark path. Um, I did not know how to handle the physical pain. And I obviously had never handled any of the emotional pain of the things that had happened. And so I just stuffed it with these drugs and basically started living in my bed and stuffing it with even more food, which I had been doing that for a, a long time at that point. Um, and watching as much television as you could imagine. And that is what my life became. Um, I lived in four walls and, you know, this is a year into this brand new marriage and we were so young. Like, can you imagine how painful that would be for a partner, you know? And I just didn't know how to handle it, which who knows how to handle that kind of pain. Like I have so much empathy for that girl now, but that just got worse and worse. And I took stronger and stronger meds. And that went on for almost five years. I mean, I stopped working. I stopped showing up for life. Um, I became completely defined by this pain and this pain story. And I thought that's all I was. And every year it felt like it was worse. And it was terrifying and traumatizing, to be honest. And um, I just was trying to numb it as much as possible. And finally, after about almost five years, a doctor I mean, I'd seen so many doctors at the point, but this new doctor was like, I can't tell you what's happening until I see what's under that spot. And so basically this $50 x-ray showed that one of the wires had broken and pierced my brainstem. And, um, which still blows every time I hear you say this, it just, I know like every time I'm, I'm just mind, my blows my mind. Yeah. It blows mine too. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? It, I mean, the hell? You know, I mean, I'm, um, I shouldn't be alive. I'm the only human that's ever had that. I shouldn't be walking, speaking, talking. Um, I'm so blessed to be here. <laughs> like it's absolutely insane. Um, I felt terrified. Of course, I was like this ticking time bomb. They're like, we have to get this out as soon as possible. Surgery itself was super high risk of paralysis. But if I didn't get it out, like it was a sure thing, like you will be paralyzed and you should already be paralyzed. Um, they didn't, they spared me on saying you should be dead. Um, but that is also the case. Um, and it was just horrible and terrifying. And a few weeks later, um, my dad, who you've heard me talk about a lot, we called him Papa, yeah. was on his way to come see me to tell me he'd sell our farm because insurance wasn't going to cover it because it was a pre-existing injury so that I could have the surgery. And um, on his way to come see me, uh, he ended up having this freak accident and falling down a flight of stairs and ended up passing away of brain damage. Um, and, you know... It was just this crazy, insane, traumatic, heartbreaking loss. Like, um, I, uh, it didn't feel real. I thought my life, like, I, I just kept thinking I'm in a nightmare. I'd pinch myself till I would literally bleed because I was like, wake up. This is not real. This is not your life. This can't be your life, which now, you know, with perspective, like even saying something like that is such a privileged thing because you're like, this can't be my life. This can be someone else's, but this cannot. Yeah, but not mine. But mm -hmm. not mine. And I felt that very much so. I had a lot of privilege and just a lot of, um, yeah, just entitlement around my pain. I did not think that that could be my story. And I, um, it was a massive loss for my whole community, for my family, for me, um, it was devastating. And, um, I won't go into too many details, but basically one beautiful thing that happened in that time is my dad was just this precious, 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 precious soul who this larger than life personality. And, um, every time he'd leave us as children, he'd say, I love you so much. Remember your manners, but always look out for the little guy. 
And that was his whole thing. He wanted us to like look for and see the people that everyone else missed, you know, and to enter in and to love them. And and so this crazy thing happened. My godfather ended up setting up this medical fund and the most insane, I mean, the full amount of money was raised because people would be like, your dad bought my prom dress. Your dad fixed my roof. Your dad wow. fixed my rent. Your dad, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. And we did not have much <laughs> growing up, you know, like he would literally take out loans um, from the bank to be able to help people. And so because of his love and the way he had shown up for people and loved people and loved us, this full amount of money was raised. So his last dream of being able to help me have this so I could live a long life. Like he gave me that gift even through his death. So it's just been this crazy. So beautiful. Yeah. It's just been a wild, crazy journey. I ended up having the surgery. Um, I ended up getting some pretty severe nerve damage from it. They ended up taking the wire out, taking bone from my other hip and then refusing it with titanium screws. Um, wires can break <laughs> and they were like you know we hope this will help with your pain we're wow. doing this so you can live and walk and live a long life and um i left with just as much pain just a different type and i actually walked straight back to my bed because i was like that was you know i put all my hope and faith in this one thing to make my life fixed and to make me better and I was in just as much pain. And so I literally, with the new neck brace and um, my neck looking more like a freaking toaster oven than a spinal cord, just walked straight back to my bed, even on more. I mean, I was on the highest level of fentanyl patch, hydrocodone, morphine, Ambien, you name it. Like, I, you know, stuff for anxiety, stuff for sleep, stuff for depression, stuff, I mean, nerve damage, just this you know, medley of all these drugs to try to just keep, get me through the day. And I was a walking shadow of myself. I, I was not there. Um, I didn't want to be there. Um, I went back to my bed for two more years until I had a full on complete nervous breakdown. And I go into all the things that kind of brought that to a head in the book. But one thing led to another, and it was just the perfect storm. And after seven years of living in my bed, I just, I broke. I'd had little mini breaks along the way, you know, with all the pain and my dad's death. But it was like a full-on nervous breakdown. I stopped sleeping. I had to move home. I couldn't take care of myself. I had caught C. diff in the hospital. I was just, it was, it was terrible. Um, and I wanted to die. I thought everyone's life would be better if I were not here, if I did not exist, because I am a burden and um, I didn't want to be there. I would just pray that, like, let me fall asleep and never wake up and everyone would be better off. Um, and I would be released from the torture, the hell that I was living in. Um, it was so dark. And I, I know that so many people listening right now know that feeling. Um it was so dark and I couldn't see out. I couldn't see that there was any hope for me to ever be out of that place. I just thought that was going to be the rest of my life, you know, and as devastating and as dark and heartbreaking and traumatic as that time was, it was so important um, because it started, it was the beginning of me having to change my life because it was literally life or death and my family they were going to send me away to get help i was just not well and literally the next day um because at the time i just cared so much of what everyone else outside of me thought of me i'd always been this good girl i've been very popular i was homecoming queen and cheerleading captain and you know everyone just learned how to smile really big even when i was in such pain and i didn't um the thought that people would think she's having a nervous breakdown and had to get sent away to treatment. I cared so much about that, which is so insane because I was so unwell. Um, but I started weaning myself off all the drugs and it took me about four months and it was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Um, I mean, it takes me a long time. Obviously, it took me seven years to get to that point to make that really, really hard decision. But when I made that decision, it was like I was sticking to it. And I was like, I, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I can't live like this anymore. And that sent me on this new trajectory of like learning how to live, um, with, and at the time I thought it was going to just be with the pain. Like I'm going to like white knuckle it. I'm going to get out of this bed and I'm going to learn how to survive even through the suffering. Like I'm going to have joy in all of my brokenness. And you know, I was a part of a church that told me I was a broken, depraved wretch. And I believed it. I took those words on and I thought they were mine. You know, just because we know these words by heart doesn't mean that they're true. But I believed that with every part of me. And so I was like, I'm going to find joy in my brokenness. (laughs) I am going to find beauty in my suffering because I am going to just have to suffer in this body for the rest of my life. And that's what I began. That's the journey. That's how it started. And I love that girl too, because she helped me get to this place, you know, but yeah, it's just been such a wild, I mean, it's hard to give it in a 10, 15 minute overview, but that's kind of the beginnings, you know? Thank you so much for sharing, uh, for sharing that with us. And I think, you know, as we've talked over the course of the past couple of years, and especially the past couple of months, something that I have felt and something that you have told me that you felt too is that a lot of people know you for your story, for that story of pain. A lot of people who follow me online know me from from my story of pain, from my um, story of losing our children. And I think that that's what helps people connect to us because we get it. Like we get the pain. We understand what it feels like to not want to get up out of bed in the morning, to not even want to wake up in the morning. And because of that, we can we can help kind of give our take and guidance on what it is that we did to feel joy and still keep moving forward even in pain. And so that's what people know us for. But now there's a new story that we've started and that we're uncovering and it's a story of healing and it's it's a path forward that we believe and I'm going to stop saying we because I'll let you speak for yourself but I if you're listening Ruthie and I are talking about this today because we share very similar beliefs but I I fully believe now I didn't before and because when you're in the beginning of your pain, it's really hard to believe in healing when you're just trying to get up out of bed. But that's all part of the healing, right? I now believe in a life that is full of healing. I believe that we can have joy and pain, but we can also have joy and then just joy. And there's tools that are available that have taken me, have taken Ruthie a really long time to uncover, to figure out how do I heal. Something that both of us do that I've talked about in the first podcast um, on here is that I literally tell myself that I am what what I wish that I was. So for example, I say I am healed. I am healing. It's just something that I repeat to myself every day. And Ruthie, I know that you've done that too. And so as you've started you this this new it's like this rebirth, this renewal of your life of of healing. Can you tell us about what that word means to you and and how that mantra I am healing, I am healed? really plays a part in your everyday life because I think that this simple thing because we can make healing feel really complicated but really it's these simple tools it's these simple things that we can do every day that really helps us walk farther down the path that we're on yes absolutely I um like I said before I was very defined by my pain story um you know, even so I knew I was when I lived in my bed and then I jumped 
the next season of my life was jumping into, I want to help as many people as possible. I want to share about finding beauty in the brokenness and joy in the suffering. And you can't have one without the other. And there was, there was such an earnest, earnest, precious place. I wanted to help people, you know, and I thought by helping people, I would be helping me. And I just, I still was so disassociated. I was still so disconnected from my body. I used to say, constantly that my body hated me. I believed that my body was broken. I thought that was the source of all of my pain, all of my hurt, all of my trauma was in this body. So I can't go in there because it'll kill me. Like my pain is so great that if I try to enter into this body of mine, I will die, like literally die. So I need to avoid, and I would call my body an it at all costs and all measures, avoid, 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 and just white knuckle it, show up, you know, go try to live life and experience it to its full. And then I would crash so hard because I wasn't listening to my body. I was avoiding her and numbing her in different ways. I wasn't using drugs at this point, but I was, you know, Instagram became a new drug. Helping other people yeah. became, and it, it would, you know, it looked good, quote unquote. You know, I was trying to use this pain in a purposeful way. But it was all to still numb what was going on inside. I hadn't tapped into the painful things that were going on inside of my body. And I lived like that. And my pain continued to get worse and worse. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to show up and do as much as I can until I'm like literally in a wheelchair and I can't do it anymore. And that's going to be my purpose. And, you know, and I just plastered the smile on my face because I wanted to help people. And it really wasn't until I went in and I wrote my book, honestly, like, and what's so wild, the book that I got that sold to Simon and Schuster was called Salvaged, Building a Beautiful Life with Broken Parts, (laughs) which I was literally calling myself trash. Like I called (laughs) myself trash and broken. And I, I, cause that's what I believed with every part of me and going in and writing that book was so brutal, so painful because I now wasn't on the drugs, wasn't numbing myself with all the things I was having to actually re-traumatize myself and go back into these experiences that the first time around I was on the heaviest drugs and watching TV and in my bed all day. Right. And it was so painful. I, I had to re bury my dad. I had to, I didn't even talk about this, like go through, I went through a divorce and it was so painful. Um, right around the time of my nervous breakdown, I had to relive that. I had to relive living in my bed. I had to relive burying my father and, you know, all of these things that had happened and it broke me. Like it literally, I broke down and when I say it was the most important thing because I was so not okay, my pain was worse than it had ever been before. And that became my entry point. That became my invitation to actually start doing the inner healing work that I was always so deserving of that I didn't know was possible for me. And that was having to go in and actually feel the loss and feel the pain and feel the trauma. And I started learning about embodiment and I started learning about how disassociation and why we do it. And it's like, we do it to survive. It's a survival tactic and it serves us until it doesn't. And it was no longer serving me because I was, I was ready to heal. Right. And that meant going in and you can't heal something you don't allow yourself to feel. And it always feels so much worse before it gets better. And that's what's so hard. Like people don't really want to do therapy because it's like, I feel so much worse than I did before I came here. And that's, that's the process because you're actually digging in and doing the hard work. And that's the only way we can heal. And I started, I feel like my healing journey has become an unlearning and a remembering more than any other thing. It's unlearning, unlearning those stories that I was broken, unlearning the stories that I had to suffer for the rest of my life, unlearning the story that my body hated me, unlearning the story that I was this pain story, 
Like I knew that my pain, I was defined by the pain story when I lived in my bed, but I didn't realize that I was still so defined by that pain story when I started living again, when I was going out and sharing my story every day, because I thought that's what gave me worth in the world. I'm the only human that's ever had a wire in their brain. So I have something to share that matters. You know, I'm special because I have this story. And I thought that that was the truth and unlearning that and remembering that I matter and I am valuable and I am worthy and deserving because I am freaking breathing because I have breath in my lungs. I am deserving and I am loved and I am good and I am whole. My goodness has nothing to do with anything outside of me, of how the world sees me, of how I show up in the world, what others think of me. My goodness and value and worth is because I am alive. And the more I realized that, the more I came home into my body and started doing this work, the more I knew that this was true for everyone. <laughs> that I was this is not my truth. This is just this is truth. And that's what's so loving when we come home to ourselves and do this healing work that we are so deserving of and we start beginning to remember what was always so right with us and not what's wrong with us we realize that that is true and we are connected to everyone. This is for everyone. And the things that we were taught by the church and by the patriarchy and by our families, because that's what they were taught oftentimes, and by society of how we are supposed to show up in this world and the way we're supposed to look and all the boxes that we've been put in, that all of it is total BS. I'm trying really hard not to say the cuss words because you know my mouth, but it's total BS. None of that is, that is just to, to keep us small. Right. And oftentimes we're also put in boxes because people are trying to keep us safe. So they're not trying to hurt us. You know, they're just trying to keep us safe. But it's actually not it's not ultimately loving because freedom, the true freedom is coming home to ourselves and remembering our worth and our value and our goodness. And I love what I love the name of this podcast because I know that I know with every ounce of me that we are creators of our own reality. And when we, the words we speak into the world, into our minds and about our bodies and about others is what we believe. Our bodies hear us, you know, like we are the creators of that. So if I'm constantly saying I am broken, I am this pain, I will never feel better. Our bodies hear us We're like, okay, you're creating your own reality. You're, you are broken. You will not feel better. But when you start choosing and it's a practice, all healing is a practice. You don't just arrive there. This is a lifelong ongoing practice. I am statements are bringing that reality to you. And so I've had written on my mirror for years, I am healed. I say today, I'm not in a relationship right now. I say every day, I am in a loving, mutual, expansive relationship. And we are connected emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I say every day, I am abundance. I am madly in love with who I am in my body and I accept all of me right here right now as is like so often we're like projecting of future things and past things but speak things as though they exist right now you know and it's like I mean, I'm not going to try to explain quantum physics because that is not my spiritual gift, but I know it's true. And the law of attraction is true. And we create these reality for ourselves. Like if I go out, like a tiny example is if I just have this preconceived notion that someone, let's say her name is Jane, is the absolute worst. She is awful. She is the worst. When I interact with her and that's my mentality, that's all I'm going to see. I am going to see everything about her that fits that narrative of her being the freaking worst because we see, we literally create what we see, you know, like we're not seeing the world as it is. We are seeing it as we are. So we're seeing the projection of our mental thoughts. But if I go in and I'm like, Jane is love. She is abundance. She is whole. She is goodness. She is worthy. That's the thing that I'm going to start seeing. That's what I'm going to notice. Like it's we we only see things the way we are. 
you know? And so it's like those I am statements are so powerful to create the reality that we live in. Oh, that's all so good. (laughs) And I think, you know, as I'm listening to you and, and things that you just said about how healing is freedom, healing is a remembering, healing is a returning back to who it is that we are. And and healing is coming home to ourselves. I, as I've been on my healing practice, because like you said, it's a practice, it's going to be our whole lives. Uh, one of my therapists told me in the very beginning of my healing journey, she said, the way to know where you're going is to hear from those who are coming back. And she really encouraged me to talk with other women who have lost kids, to talk to other people, you know, who are five years out down the road from where I'm at and be able to see that they are healing and to be able to get tools from them and and to be able to just like figure out where the heck I'm supposed to start. And something that you said, I actually wrote it down. Um, you said this when we started the podcast, when you were talking about your pain, you said, I didn't know what to do because who even knows how to handle that type of pain? And for all of you who are listening, I just want you to know that wherever you're at right now, you are doing an amazing job because who knows how to handle that type of pain? You're the one who's experiencing it for the first time and you are doing the very best that you can and it's amazing Um, and you're doing the best you can with what you have and Ruthie came um, to my house a couple of weeks ago because both of us as we've gone on our healing journeys together and have had so many similarities and so many similar tools and feelings and experiences even though our situations are so different that's the coolest part of healing is that it's a universal truth that's available to all of us um and she came to my house because we both now know what it feels like to go through that type of pain and now we have learned and are continuing to learn what it is that we need in those really dark and painful moments so we we just knew and we decided that it was time for us to create a resource for you to create a course that we could do together and it is called the healing at home the healing at home course and in this course we want to walk with you for 30 days to help you really invite yourself back into your home into your space into your body into your power and by just giving you some options for different tools that you can add back in to your toolbox that you can have now and for the rest of your life that we can all walk on this healing path forward together we know that these 30 days together are going to help you reclaim your power and the course is set up into four different topics that start at the beginning of each week which is just so powerful and when we were meeting we really based off of both of our experiences we really found that there are four main things that are so important for us to reclaim in order to keep healing forward and we want to share a little bit about those with you right now because these are things that you can add to your toolbox now and also things that if you want to dive into deeper you can join us um you can join us in this course it's right now after this podcast is over you can actually go sign up because it's the cart is going to be open for you to sign up this week until it starts live next monday Um, But it's healingathomecourse.com. So you can write that down and head there after the podcast is over. Um, But here are the four things that truly can help you reclaim your healing. And the first one is reclaiming your pain. 
And Ruthie, I want to ask you, what does it mean to you to reclaim your pain? Yes. Well, first off, I'm so excited about this. I can't even tell you because I just, it's... I'm like so excited. (laughs) So freaking excited. And like the idea of reclaiming home is like your body is your home, right? This is the only thing we'll ever own in this life is our bodies. It's the only thing that we truly, truly own in this life is our bodies. And to come back home to ourselves is the most loving gift that you can give the world and to heal and to to begin like I was saying earlier the only way to truly heal is you have to allow yourself to feel your pain and so often we stuff it down to survive and we disassociate to survive because we don't have the tools to know how to go back in because we think it'll consume us and it'll overtake us it's too big it's too traumatic it's too much loss our family situation is too dark that horrible thing that happened to us when we were children is too painful but it doesn't go away and it comes out sideways and they always say when Our responses to things are hysterical. It's always historical. It's just, it's coming out sideways, right? And reclaiming your pain is like, that was what writing my book was. That was my invitation, going back in and allowing myself to feel the loss, to feel the pain. Um, That's the only way through. And it's, we're so deserving of that. Again, it's like that's where the remembering comes in. That's how you begin. That That's the first step of the healing journey is going back in and feeling your pain and reclaiming it and taking it back. And, you know, so often I think with our pain, we try to push it onto other people like I did. I, husband, fix me, make me better doctors, fix me, make me better, surgery, fix me, make me better. Um, you know, whatever that thing was outside of me, I wanted to, to fix me because I didn't think I could go in and do that work. I didn't think I could go in and actually feel the, the depth of my pain. Um, so we give you tools and safe places of ways to be able to also regulate, um, regulate yourself and, to feel safe inside of your body and inside of your home and inside of your space so that you can do this really important, really beautiful, even though it's hard, um, empowering work of reclaiming your pain. I think that is honestly one of my favorite weeks of of the whole 30 days of the course because it is so profound Once we really start feeling and learning that pain isn't something we actually need to be afraid of all the time, but is something that can teach us and can actually help us heal. Um, And I'm just so excited for you guys to to experience that because it changed my life. Um, Okay, the second the second major thing of of healing, and this is going to be week two of the Healing at Home course, and it's reclaiming your power. And when I think of reclaiming my power, I think I think of me tangi- tangibly, like I literally visualize myself taking back my light from things and places or events that I've given it to. A lot of times it's so easy to give our power away. Sometimes people take it from us from no fault of our own. Um, Sometimes we give it to uh, people who have judgments over us. Sometimes we give it to establishments who tell us what we should or should not be doing. Sometimes we give it to food. Sometimes we give our power to drinking or drugs or TV or let's be honest, social media, like there's so many things that we give our power to because we either think it's going to make us feel better. Um, Like a couple 
weeks ago I shared with you guys I got a new car and but I told you that I hadn't bought a new car even though I had wanted it for the past several years because every time I went to go buy it I knew the only reason I was buying it was because I thought that it was going to make me happy for a moment. And so I made this rule that I could never buy anything big at least um, when I'm coming from a place that I'm lacking and I'm trying to get joy from it because because then I'm giving my power to that thing and it just leaves me feeling worse. And so that's what we mean by being able to reclaim your power. And sometimes that's really hard to do because that means that we have to cut off relationships or we have to change bad habits or, or we have to just break this pattern that we've gotten ourselves into that's not serving us. But when we do it, the power and the light and the strength and the energy and all the goodness that then is able to pour back into our lives and we're able to make decisions from from a place of our intuition instead of having someone feeling having someone else make us feel like we're a puppet um, in our lives is so profound and I want nothing more than for every woman every human on this planet to feel their pure genuine power and know how special that is and how important they are because when all of us can operate from a place of our power, it means that we're looking out for ourselves and also the people around us. And we're able to use our voices more fully. We're able to feel more safety in who we are and expressing that. And being able to really reclaim your power is a huge step in the healing process. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I love that so much. I know. I'm just like so excited to do this with everybody that I just, <laughs> this is just so fun. So, okay. So then leading to, to the third thing, which is week three of this course. Yes. And I'm going to let Ruthie take this over because this is like Queen Ruthie's thing. This is her favorite. So tell us, tell the people. Well, this one is reclaiming our bodies. And like we were saying earlier, you know, we disassociate. We um, we're told, oh gosh, especially as women, but all humans, like we are told so many stories about our bodies and the way we should look and the way we should present ourselves. And what's, you know, again, I was told um, my body was broken and I was depraved and my flesh was sinful and I couldn't trust my heart. It's deceitful and all these stories. Oh, and they're just stories, right? And so reclaiming our bodies is the remembering. It's coming back home to these beautiful bodies that have, like are literally holding the divinity <laughs> within us. You know, like these beautiful bodies that love us so much. Our heal- we came to earth school, to Mother Earth, in these <laughs> bodies, in these earth ships, in these... And that is the, that is also going to be our tool to heal. And I believe the healing journey is coming back home into our bodies and remembering that she loves us so she, he, they love us so, so much. And I really believe now that all of the pain that I experienced, all the physical pain, all that trauma ended up being my invitation um, to come back home into this body and to do this healing work that I was always so deserving of. And the more that I have learned to embody this body of mine that has been loving me all along, she never abandoned me, I abandoned her. The more that I do that, the more I realize, like I was saying earlier, that we are all connected. Like, I feel like that is its own radical form of resistance. That is its own resistance from what the patriarchy and all these stories that we have been told. And the more we're embodied, the more that we're able to see what isn't true, Those that it's all just stories, the more I am able to navigate 
when I'm looking on Instagram or I'm seeing this messaging, like the messaging that is coming at us all day, every day is telling us that we need to change and that our bodies aren't enough. And it's lies and it's stories. And so this is tools for us to begin the journey of remembering that these bodies love us so much and is so worthy and is so deserving. And the more I do that, the more we do that, that is such radical resistance because you realize there is no other. The more embodiment I do, the more I'm not outside of myself, but in myself, the more I feel connected to Mother Earth, the more I feel connected to every plant, every animal, and every soul, because we are all one. The idea of other is a story. That is what has been taught to us. There is no other. And when I honor and love my body, I am able to honor and love others so much more fully in ways that I can't if I'm disassociated and disconnected from my body. I just, I love that so much. And I, I think too, with reclaiming your body, it's, it's reclaiming a love for yourself that we've given away to other things and people. It's this being able to reclaim a self-love and feel accepted and loved in our own bodies. And we're the ones giving ourselves all the love that we've been looking for externally. We, When we can learn how to give it to ourselves internally, it changes everything. And I just, I just want everyone to like be able <laughs> to feel that feeling because of how much it has impacted me to feel safe. Yes. To feel safe and to trust your body and to trust yourself. And yes. Oh, it's so huge. And you are so deserving of that. And I am so deserving of that. And we are so deserving of that. That's the remembering. That is the remembering. And our bodies have everything to teach us. Every, for every one message our brain has for our body, our body has 10 messages for our, to our brain, but we're so disconnected. So learning how to listen and to honor her um, and to stop abandoning her, it's like the most loving gift. And it's such a gift that we're, again, so deserving of. Yes. Okay. Which brings us to the fourth thing for healing that's so important to reclaim. And it's the final week of the course and it's reclaiming healing what freedom can would come into your life right now if you felt the healing power that you're looking for and that's what i believe that reclaiming healing is it's feeling the freedom to be able to live your life no matter what's going on and to create new stories for your life that aren't rooted in deep pain. As we are able to to really set ourselves up for success, and that's why we're doing this course for 30 days, is so that we can all get in habits that, that we do every single day because since healing is a practice, it means that we have to teach ourselves, we have to ingrain in our hearts and our souls and in our brains we have to tell we have to ingrain that healing is important and then we have to continuously feel the effects of healing and make time and space for it if we want it to occur so that final week really is going to set you up so that you can take and you can choose all of the tools that you've learned and you can really really reflect and think on what one served you the most and now what does your path forward look like? It gets me really excited because what I hear from a lot of women, and so if you feel like this, you're totally not alone, is that you feel stuck. You feel stuck in your pain. You do not know how to move forward. It feels overwhelming. It feels confusing. It feels too big, too hard, too scary. And with this final week of Reclaiming Healing, you are now empowering yourself to get unstuck, to create your own plan, to listen to your body and your power and your pain and ask it, what is it that you need daily so that you can continue your healing practice and experience freedom in your life? And 
I think that that is worth no amount of money. Like that is worth everything. Once we can figure that out and live in this space of healing instead of in pain, it changes everything. And joy. Like what is it like to, when you begin to allow yourself to feel all of your feelings, of feel all your pain, feel all of your, you know, all the emotions and not try to run from them. You're also allowed to feel and given the gift of feeling light and freedom and joy and delight and awe and curiosity. Like we lose that when we disassociate, right? Like we might have little glimpses of it if we drink too much or have these things that, you know, give us outside, um, feelings of it that aren't actually authentic, true, our soul's delight. So this is the gift that you give yourself as you heal. Like, what did you delight in as a child? You know, like we're going to like walk with you and we're practicing these things alongside you and have been practicing these things, remembering what does it feel like to feel pure joy and delight? It's like, it's such, it's so good. And it's, and we're so worthy of that. And it's just, we want that for all of us. Yes. And what you just said right now, Ruthie, is so important for you, sister, who are, who is listening right now. You are worthy of healing. You're worthy of giving that gift to yourself. And it's, it's waiting for you. Something that's really cool about this course. So, and and on he, healingathomecourse.com, it's going to walk you through and give you every ounce of information that you could possibly want right now. Um, but what's really cool is that both Ruthie and I collectively have spent tens of thousands of hours learning how to heal. We've spent tens of thousands of dollars learning how to heal. And we wanted to take all of the best things that we've learned and put them together for a really tangible, approachable um, course for you so that you have the most powerful starting place ever. And something that I'm really excited about is that there are people who are going to be a part of this course who have profoundly helped us along both of our journeys. One of my greatest mentors who truly has changed my life is actually going to be giving you your weekly uh, meditation. Um, She's going to help you walk through like how to feel safe as you go into your pain, um, how to truly feel your power and and take your power back, how to really feel connected and supported in your body, and then and then meditations on on healing and taking that healing with you. So there are people that we have scooped up over the years who are going to be giving you so much knowledge. And the course is laid out, like we said, for 30 days. And every single day is going to have a new prompt for you to do. It's going to have meditations for you to do. It's going to have breath work for you to do. Um, it's It's really honed in on all of the tools that we know can help you find and invite more healing into your life. And and we're starting Monday and, and the time gets to be right now and we're going through it with you. And all you have to do to get started is literally go to healingathomecourse.com and just ask yourself if this is what you need right now. And we can't wait to go on this journey with you because it's going to be powerful. So beautiful. And, you know, the more that this journey that we're all on and what Ashley and I talk about a lot is what's so beautiful and what we've set up in this course is to be mirrors to you. Like all of the healing work that we've been doing on ourselves Um, has helped us remember that this, again, is for everyone. So we are here to be mirrors to you of all the love, all the healing, all the joy, all the delight, all the divinity, 
All of that is already within you. We're here to be mirrors to you to help you remember because you don't ultimately need us. You have all this power within you. We're here to just be mirrors to you. And that is such an honor because the and as you do this work, it's this life-giving, ongoing, it is of service to the world, to the collective, because as you do this healing work, you get to be a mirror to your family. And so self-care, self-love, healing work, nothing about this is selfish. It's actually the most loving thing that you can do for yourself, for your family, for your community, and for the world, because it only expands. Nothing about this it detracts, you know, it's only expansive and of service to the whole world and to the collective. And we're all so deserving of that. And we're not here to be the hero of your story. You're the hero of your story. And that's the coolest part about this is that you get to fully step in um, to the hero that you are and reclaim your healing. So Go ahead to healingathomecourse.com right now. The doors for the course are only open until this Saturday because we are starting live on Monday for four weeks together. So the time is now. Ruthie and I cannot wait to see you on the inside. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And Ruthie, do you have any final last words to send to those who want to start healing, but they're just like really scared and overwhelmed to take that first step right now? Yeah. Well, two things. First off, Ashley, I love you and I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. And thank you for sharing the space with me. Thank you for creating such a safe spot for people to be able to come and to remember (laughs) all the love that is theirs. So I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. And I'm so honored to be your friend and to love you and be loved by you as just a gift. Um, And for every single person listening, I want to first off, like Ashley said earlier, like whatever you're walking through, I am so sorry for your pain. I know that Pain is universal. So everyone listening to this knows it so viscerally. And this season has been so traumatic and so painful for so, so many. And, you know, even this time frame, it's bringing up so much loss from the past. And wherever you are right now, whatever painful situation you're in, first off, I'm so sorry that you're hurting. And secondly, I know that I know that I know that we both know that we know that we know that this healing is yours, that this healing is for you, this love is for you, this light, this joy, this goodness, this hope, this physical healing. Like y'all, I could not get out of bed for seven years and what I'm able to do today physically because I allowed myself to feel all of my trauma emotionally is astounding. It's astounding. And I know that I know we're not talking about curing. We're talking about healing. And there are two, they are two very different things. My neck still looks more like a toaster oven than it does a spinal cord. And I am able to do things that I did not know were humanly possible for me in this life. I believe that for every single one of you, And I just, I have so much hope for all of us. And I love us. We are, I mean, we are the love that I have and know that is yours. It it, it just, it delights me. I want everyone to know that love that is theirs. And I'm just so excited to be on this journey with each of you. Before we sign off, Ruthie, thank you so much for being here today and just in every other area of my life, you're honestly the biggest gift, treasure, mm-hmm. lifelong sister ever. And I'm so grateful for you. So thank you so much. And to you who are listening, I just want to take a minute because I, you know I love ending our podcast like this. And I just want you to feel your feet on the floor. I know that we've talked about a lot of things today and maybe some heavy emotions were brought up. So we're going to do a big deep breath in and count to four. One, two, three.
three, four. And now we're gonna exhale slowly to eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And gently put your hand, one of your hands over your heart and the other hand right below your belly button. And feel that powerful heartbeat that you have that's sustaining you. And softly or loudly, say the words, I am healing. And allow that heartbeat to carry those words into every part of your body. I am healing. Feel it move down to your fingers. Feel it wash down your body into your legs, your shins, your calves, your toes. Maybe even has a color. Maybe it's white or red or yellow or blue or whatever color healing looks like for you. And just sit and notice what that feeling is that you have right now. This feeling is available to you at any time. It's waiting for you to invite it in and it's surrounding you and you are safe to feel it. You can slowly put your hands just back down wherever you want and gently open your eyes if they were closed. Have a good rest of your day, and I can't wait to hopefully see you in mine and Ruthie's course next week. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley Caleb Mew so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.